From Relay FM, this is Analog, episode number 35. Today's show is brought to you by lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts. For a 10-day free trial, visit lynda.com slash analog and Wealthfront, the automated investment service that makes it easy to invest your money the right way. I am back, and I am Mike Hurley, and I am joined as the man who's been on every episode, Mr. Casey Liss. Hello. I probably sound a little bit funny today, and I apologize for that. I am sitting in the ho- in the Crown Plaza Dulles Hotel because I am uh, here in the D.C. area, actually in Herndon, where uh, Underscore hails from. Uh, and I'm here because I am giving the opening keynote at CocoConf tomorrow. Uh, oh, which my th- God. I totally forgot that that was tomorrow. I am so sorry. Why? For what? I don't know. I feel like I should have been providing you with more, like, support. Well, oh, you were too busy on holiday. You were ignoring all of us. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I could, I could expect and have received nothing from you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know where to go with that. Look at that! Look at you right on the page featuring Casey Liss. So this is as you, as as people hear this, you've already re- you've already given the the talk by the time that the episode comes out. That's correct, but. Yeah. Sitting here now, I have not yet given the talk, and I have no idea if it's going to completely bomb, if it's going to be wonderful, or more likely somewhere in the middle. Do you want to record a couple of different like outcomes, and then you can just tell me which one to use? <laughs> we certainly can. You know, Mike, I am so glad it went flawlessly. I got a standing ovation, and do you know I saw someone in the back? Tears. I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. That doesn't one surprise me. One little tear. That doesn't surprise me at all. All right, let's try this. You know, it it um it it went all right. Uh, I think I did well. I think I have things I need to change. Not that I'll necessarily give the same talk again, but you know, for whenever I give another talk, I think there's some things I need to improve on. But you know, it went basically as expected. And I'm pretty happy with that. Well, you know, there's always you know, it's better. You're getting better every time. You know, there's just some work you have to put into it, and every year you're just going to get better and better. And I'm confident that next year, you know, you're gonna get you're gonna get the, the reaction you really want. Right. I, I certainly hope so. All right. Here we go. Perfect. Um, yeah, that sucked. So um, sorry, anyone who was in the audience for that disaster. But uh, look at it this way. I'm probably not going to be invited back next year. Wee! I had heard. I'd heard uh, people in the audience were, were tweeting at me to tell me how terrible it was. So that's. Uh, extremely depressing but yeah, at least at least i at least i know what the real story is oh goodness so if i sound a little funny it's because i'm in a hotel and i have no control over any of my surroundings and i'm on my work laptop which tends to have screaming fans and i don't mean like the people i'm going to be giving the talk to tomorrow but So yeah, so if this sounds like crap, then please blame me and not Mike, because I'm sure Mike has gone through Herculean efforts to make this sound as good as possible. But as it turns out, you can only do but so much. So is the whole family with you? No, unfortunately not. Um, We had debated it, um, but it just didn't seem worth dragging Declan up um, and kind of disrupting his whole world for Aaron to just kind of sit around the hotel room all day. You know what I mean? Like if it was <laughs> yeah. just, if it was just her, there's something to be said for being in a different place and, you know, just kind of relaxing and doing your own thing. But when you mix a, you know, when you add a baby to the mix, it's just, it's a whole big disaster. That's probably not worth it. So coincidentally, she said, my parents right now uh, visiting with them. And of course, Declan was with her. 
Um, she's going to stay overnight with them. Uh, not because she necessarily needs the help, but you know, hey, why not? And obviously the grandparents love to see the uh, one and only grandbaby. And then uh, tomorrow night, I think her, um, her mom's going to come over and stay again, because why not? And, uh, you know, not that she can't survive on her own, but it's a lot easier to survive with somebody there with you. So, yeah, we shall see. But uh, yeah, so it's, I would say it's like some big uh, bachelor weekend sort of thing, but basically tonight I'm going to record this with you. I'm going to hopefully do a just quick AV test for my talk tomorrow. I'm going to be seeing underscore for dinner, um, which I'm really excited about, and then coming back and rehearsing the talk a couple times before I pass out. And then I do not plan to wake up early tomorrow morning, and we can talk about that a little bit more later. So I I'm back. I've been away. I've been away for like two weeks, basically. Yes, you know, I feel like I've been replaced because I feel like you and I had a special bond, and then you went cavorting around half of Europe with Jason Snell, and. I would be more upset about this if Jason Snell wasn't one of my favorite people, but I, I gotta say, I feel like I've been replaced, and I don't know if that's really fair, man. I don't know. I don't know if it works that way, because you had a, you had a co-host <laughs> that wasn't me, so maybe I was the one who was replaced. Jason is in the chat saying, it's gone, Casey. That bond is gone. Forget it. Move on. Oh, but I love you. Yeah, Jason, Jason and John oh, Syracuse geez. are in the chat room right now, really just heckling. It's basically just <laughs> it's extremely off-putting. I, I don't know why they're doing this to us. The, the new hosts of Upgrade. Yeah, exactly. It's the it's the new crew. Yep. So I've been replaced, and then you got replaced. I've I was replaced a lot, but that's good. I took a week. <laughs> I took I took a week off, like completely. I mean, I've kind of been away for two weeks, but I pre-recorded a bunch of stuff. But I I've basically taken most of the week off. However, saying that, I've now stacked like a bunch of shows today. Um, but hey ho, that's 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 kind of the way that these chips fall sometimes. I've I only right. uh, got home a little while ago, and and I'm suffering with like, you know, when your ears get blocked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one of, one of my ears is currently blocked. But anyway, let's let's do some follow up. Yeah, well, I am very glad that you are back. All jokes aside, I'm glad to have you back at the helm of the good ship Relay FM. And uh, I do appreciate you dealing with my crazy schedule and recording, but moments after you walked in the door. So thank you, sir. No, it's a pleasure. Um, so let's, because uh, obviously I didn't get to, to, I wasn't here on the last episode. I really enjoyed listening, actually. It was fun to listen to you and Stephen. I was not very happy with the fact that you spoke about sports, but we can we can look past that. <laughs> I, I am extremely happy that you that you phrased that as sports and not sport. So I consider that a win as well. This is just one of the many things that I have become Americanized to. <laughs> Um, so I wanted to okay. give a couple couple of quick pieces of follow up in regards to some previous episodes of the show. So uh, in regards to the de- to the domain name problem that I was having, uh, mm-hmm. I've had a bunch of people sent me some great emails, some advice that I need to go through properly because I've not had the time to either properly read through and or action uh, what's been requested or suggested for me in those. So I've got those sitting here to to be looked through. Um, But kind of the prevailing message from emails and tweets and stuff like that that people have sent is that what this looks like is actually this person is holding the domain hostage um, with the the idea for me to pay. Hmm. So the idea being that it will be less potentially costly and certainly less stressful to just pay off this jerk and rather than go through whatever official channels you may or may not be able to go through. Yep. So my my current feeling on this is I'm going to take a look at what people are suggesting. I'm maybe going to fire off a couple more emails with some support teams at domain registrars and hosting companies. If I don't really get any very far of it, I'm just going to try and forget about it. 
Yeah. Um, I I haven't got the bandwidth like to deal with legal stuff, and it, it's just not. I I don't think it's it's worth my time to be honest or money to to deal with it. I know it's kind of it's a little bit embarrassing for me, but eventually people will stop going to that domain. People are only going to that domain because of some stuff that I've done recently where I've been where I mentioned it. So I'm maybe going to stop mentioning it so much and kind of just let it go. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's the right call. It sucks. I mean, I I still feel terrible for you. But uh, I do think that's the right call. Um, also, there was just one thing that I wanted to mention because I, I brought this up whilst talking to Marco and Tiff at all. Uh, and I thought that you would enjoy this. Uh, maybe every day or every two days, people send me pictures of Velveeta now. Like, <laughs> that's just a thing that happens in my life. That's awesome. That makes me seriously happy. They either send me pictures of the supermarket with a bunch of boxes or they send me pictures of them eating it but then also i also get the like the craft fans they send me mm, theirs mm-hmm. and tell me why it's better you know so that's that's a part of my life now that's a thing that happens now you're welcome um i i this is something i have to deal with it's funny because i occasionally get pictures of Elvita, maybe once or twice a week i'd say but it sounds like you're getting you're getting just overloaded with Velveeta pictures, which hopefully will further convince you of its unbelievable deliciousness. It makes me feel a little bit sick every time I see one of those pictures. <laughs> oh, that's sad. It, it makes me sad because I, I want I want to love it, but I can't love it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's fair. I, again, I think we've long since concluded that a lot of my um, my my love for Velveeta is probably nostalgic more than anything else but um i don't know maybe one of these days we'll we'll discuss some terrible british food and and i don't mean that in the stereotypical way like i actually really like a lot of british food i think you guys get a bad rap about that but maybe there's some sort of terrible british food that you can have me try like that that you think you can get a decent approximation of in america and i can try that and we can laugh about it maybe something like a pot noodle I don't know what that is, but sure. Great. If you don't know what it is, then it might be a good start. Okay. It's like a similar. It's like a ramen thing? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You, it's a little pot with some no- dried noodles in it, and you pour water into them, and you squeeze in a flavor sachet. <laughs> sachet? Is that really a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sachet. A sachet of flavor. Okay. Uh, I'm having different mental images in my head um, of, of a flavor sack sacheting down the runway, but whatever. <laughs> That is um, a weird image that you that you've just. I, I don't. Isn't that the definition? Well, that's the American definition of um, sachet that I was aware of, which is mm. you know kind of like sauntering, uh, if mm. you will. But anyway, um, yeah, we can certainly try that. Uh, it sounds pretty much like uh, ramen ramen noodles to me. But hey, whatever works. Right, I'm going to take a break, <laughs> and then we can move <laughs> on from this. This week's episode. Of Analog is brought to you by Lynda.com, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses that can help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit Lynda.com, that's L-Y-N-D-A.com slash analog. You can sign up right there and you'll get access to all of Lynda's fantastic courses for 10 days for free. And these are courses like maybe you want to learn a bit about Android. They have a uh, Android Development Studio Essential Training, so you can learn how to learn a little bit more about Android. My understanding, Casey, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that a bunch of this is also rooted in Java Android stuff. They also mm-hmm. have an up and running with Java course as well. So you, maybe you could start one or the other and get a bit proficient, and you can finally make that Android app that you've always wanted to make. I'm not necessarily directing that part at you, Casey. Just, you know, <laughs> that's, that's just the general you. But if there is an Android app that you've 
with wanting to make, you can do that. And with Linda, for example, we've, I said mentioned two different courses there that kind of link together. You can create a playlist of all the different courses. You can put them in any order that you want, and you can watch them at your own time, at your own pace, wherever you want, whenever you want. They have uh, great apps for the iPhone and Android that you can watch the videos on, or you can watch them on the web. Linda.com is for problem solvers. It's for people that are curious, who want to just make things happen. Maybe you want to master Android, as we mentioned, or Excel. Maybe you want to learn negotiation tactics. They have some really interesting stuff about body language that I've seen before, so you can learn a bit about that to master those business meetings and negotiation deals that you're making. But maybe you just want to build a website or learn how to use Photoshop. Lender.com can do it for you and help you feed your curious mind. I love lynda.com. I think that you will too. Your membership is going to give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new, you should go and visit lynda.com slash analog and sign up for your free 10-day trial. That's l-y-n-d-a dot com slash analog. Thank you so much to lynda.com for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. All right. So uh, now that the band is back together, uh, what are we what are we talking about today? So I have a couple of topics that I that I want to to do, but I wanted to do a couple of relay your fills because you you and Stephen picked a relay your fills question that I've wanted to keep, and you've done it now, so that's made me sad. I love um, you. Uh, which was the how did you meet your significant other? I actually have a small story about that. Um, I I came home uh, I don't know three or four days ago. And I think what I had done was I knew Aaron was on a walk with Declan. And so I'd driven through the neighborhood to, to go find them, which sounds stalky, but she knew I was coming home and it wasn't weird. I promise. Well, anyway, um, I, I drive up next door and she looks over at me and she's like giggling. And she says to me, and she says, you know, it's interesting hearing the story of my husband falling in love with someone else. And my eyes get really big. Cause I'm like, what are you talking about? I've only loved you for the last 10 years. What's going on? And she says, oh, no, I'm really behind on analog, and I'm hearing about how you and Mike fell in love, and I just started <laughs> laughing. So uh, I thought that was a delightful uh, little story. But Your other um, significant other. Right, my, my other other, if you will. Um, would you like to tell me about how you and your lovely lady met, or would you rather just be... Uh, a uh, little cr- uh, crabby about the fact that Stephen and I covered it. No, I want to save it for for another episode because it's a whole other big thing. Oh, okay. So I have I want to talk about it, but I need to clear it first, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and then yeah, I want to talk about it because it, it, there's multitudes of stories that I want to get into in regards to stuff like that. Maybe mm-hmm. we can talk about that some other day. But I like that you and Stephen spoke about it because I love Stephen's story. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah so definitely. It, it kind of worked quite nicely. Um. So I did have a couple of a couple of things that I wanted to bring up. So uh, they're kind of interlinked, which is quite cool. So we have Benjamin Heron. He asked, and this, I, I thought this is quite interesting. Uh, how do you feel when you feel like you're sending good feedback and it doesn't get mentioned? Not mad. So obviously we have we have Benjamin has sent in some some follow up or feedback or a relay of fills or an ask upgrade or something, and he thought it was really good and it didn't get mentioned on the show. So I thought this is quite interesting because I do feel a little bit of guilt sometimes for not going through everything and or replying to it all or reading it out on the air. Like, I mean, I guess this kind of goes back to our email discussions a little bit. Like, 
I re- I look at everything that comes in. I look at all the, the the tweets that go into the document that we have, like the little Google Doc that that brings mm-hmm. in the uh, relay of fields tweets. I look at all the email that we get that comes through the the kind of the email link on the website. Some that are some I reply to, some I talk about on the show. But the worst ones for me is like what I feel like I do, and the ones I feel the worst for is when. There's something that I think, oh, this is really interesting. I want to talk about this, but I keep pushing it. Like, oh, we the topic's changed, and I push it to next week, push it to next week, and it gets to the point where it just feels so old that it's not worth bringing up anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I've done that many times. And I guess you guys get a lot of this because you must get a lot more uh, feedback than we do. Yeah, um, we do. I think that, generally speaking, if we're if it's something that that we find particularly interesting and impressive, we tend to just lump it in with the thirty four hours of other follow up that we have at the beginning of the show. Uh, hi, John. But um, but it, it certainly does happen, and I th- I think it's happened a fair bit of times on this show because you know every feeling under the sun is a reasonable feeling to talk about, and not that the show is exclusively about feelings, but you know we have had a lot of really great feedback, some heartfelt feedback, some uh, interesting feedback. And there are certainly, like you said, times where, oh, it just doesn't feel like the right time to talk about that, or, oh, maybe this isn't the right moment, and put it off, put it off, put it off. That makes me feel bad. Um, I've been on the receiving side of that. Uh, certainly lately, there, there's been some times that I've posted a blog post that I'm really, really proud of. I think you and I have talked about this privately. I'll, pl- I'll post a blog post that I'm really, really proud of, and I'll just release it into the ether and not say a thing to anyone, and then I'm hoping somebody will pick it up and you know, link to it and comment on it, and then it's just crickets. And it's sad, you know, it, it, I don't know if it, I would go so far as to say it hurts my feelings, but it's, it's stinky. Um, and I feel that way. I, I can totally sympathize if somebody felt that way about sending us, you know, feedback. And, and I, that does make me feel bad. Um, what makes me feel worse, however, is if I read a piece of feedback and I don't think that it's worth bringing up at that very moment. And so it never makes it into the show notes. But then somehow in episode, either the next episode or episodes later, that exact point that was made in that feedback is brought up. And I really want to say, oh, Susie Q emailed us and said blah, 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 which is exactly the same thing. But because it's buried in my email, I just have to say, oh, yeah, somebody wrote in and said something smart about that. Yeah, you know that, what I mean? that's and the like, worst one. Uh, like, like, I hate that. This happens to me a lot. I see tweets and stuff that I think are interesting, and then I don't really do anything with them. But then they pop into my brain, and I'm like, "Oh, I saw a tweet about that that somebody posted." Like, and it's yeah, like, exactly. Ah, <laughs> I hate, I hate that so much. So if you're the re- on the receiving end of that, it definitely sucks more. But f- know that it sucks for us too, and we're not happy about it. So in this vein, there has been a relay of feels question that I've been wanting to bring up for ages. Um, and I kept pushing it off because it kind of become irrelevant. So now I figure today's topic makes it irrelevant to the, now. So this is from Joe Steele, good friend of the show. So you're going to understand how light, light this is, okay? The dumb Oscar nominations were this morning. <laughs> <laughs> this is what, three months old, two months old? Uh, well, this is the nominations when the nominations were announced, not even the award right. ceremony. right. Do you reflect on awards, bonuses, reviews, recognition from peers? Even if you dismiss awards as silly things, how would you feel if you won an award for, let's say, podcasts that you do? Now, Casey, are you somebody that that lives for or really gets a kick out of uh, recognition in this way? Yes, with an asterisk on the end. Um, 
I think what I live for and get a kick out of is recognition from the people I respect. I'm lucky enough to call a lot of those people my friends. So you, Jason, John Syracuse, and Marco, you know, um, people like that, Jim Dalrymple. Um, I, I, I should, maybe I shouldn't say I live for, but I really, really dig when I get linked on Marco.org or I get, you know, linked on Loop Insight or Six Colors or what have you. And and that feels really, really good. Like I, I dream of one day writing something that's interesting enough that it ends up on Daring Fireball. Um, I think that'd be awesome. And that's because I respect these people so much. And if they point their readers attention at something that I've written, that's a tremendous compliment. And so in that sense, yes, I do live for the, for the recognition or again, maybe not live for, but I really, really like the recognition. Um, in the sense of like a, a, an award, I, I would say no, but I think that's partially influenced by there's not really awards for podcasts that I'm aware of. I know that, um, that the incomparable goes up for, uh, for what is it? Some sort of thing. Um, I can't, I'm drawing a blank. So there's a couple of different awards that, that a show like the incomparable could receive. They are the winner of a Parsec award, um, which is, that's what I'm thinking of which mm-hmm. is a science, uh, science fiction, uh, podcast award. Um, and they also, uh, could be nominated for something like a Hugo award for best science fiction podcast. Um, I don't think they've they've had a nomination for it yet, but it's these those are the types of awards that you can win, um, right? But th- then you've got but there are there are awards there 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 isn't like a like a really recognized podcast award, but there are a bunch of different like independent people that start their own award ceremonies. But I think the biggest award is like Apple Best of the Year. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. the the iTunes best of list for the year I think is probably the biggest recognition uh mm-hmm. just because of the platform that it's on you know it's like it's large um but I I don't know if like that they it's not an award per se there's you know I, I actually don't think it's like a judging panel I think it's just a couple of people in the editorial team pick their favorites or whatever and maybe it's based a bit on popularity as well I don't know um but that's I really want to win one of those. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think I've said this on this show before. I would really like to have a uh, best of the year thing. Sure. Uh, that would be something that I would love to receive. Um, would you go so far as to say you live for it? I know that's a little bit dramatic, but no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't live for that uh, because I've not won one yet. And that would be, I'd end up in a really sad existence. <laughs> but every year like when when i know the awards are coming like and, and i check and then you know i was like oh we're we gonna be there and we're not but it's fine because i believe i will one day so that, that, that it was just i would like to win awards for the stuff that we do because i think it's awesome yeah. and i would like that recognition um to say you know we're an award-winning podcast or something uh that would be a lot of fun i would like that yeah i think like i was saying earlier part of the problem part of the reason why it's not really on my radar is because I don't really think that there's any, there's no Oscars, there's no Emmys, there's no Grammys for us that I'm aware of, or that's on my radar. And so because there, I don't feel like there's anything to compete for, I'm not that interested in the competition for it. But if let's say, uh, Renee at iMore starts doing like the podcast awards, you bet your butt, I'm going to be really into that and following it closely. Right. Like they um, do their hall of fame. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. 
And uh, it's in it, it, I I in my like previous career, I've won some like internal awards and stuff, and I like the feeling. I like the feeling that you're recognized by people as doing something that is notable enough that it receives like a badge that other people should be aware of. Mhm. Because it is kind of cool. Like, if you see something, oh, it won an award. Like, there's just, like, this thing in the back of many people's brains. and it's in the back of mine where it's like, well, it must be good then. You know? Yeah. <laughs> why else would it be winning an award? And, you know, okay, we can get into the Oscars. I don't need... We don't need to do this, guys. I know that Joe Stewart's probably flipping out right now, like, talking about <laughs> Birdman or whatever. But it's still a mark of, of honor from someone to someone. And, and I would like to, I would like to win an award. So if anyone can make that happen, please make that happen. I would like a really big trophy. <laughs> oh, goodness. If you need Mike's mailing address, just let me know. I kind of uh, want, I kind of want a trophy akin to the karate kid trophy. Like the, you know, oh, the like big, really tall. Yeah. And it have like a man speaking into a microphone at the top instead of like a karate guy. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Did I ever tell you what Aaron's ringtone is on my phone? I'm going to assume it's something from Karate Kid. It is. It's uh, You're the Best Around, and I can't remember the artist that did it. Gosh, <laughs> darn it. Um, it's draw- I'm drawing a blank on who it is that did it, and I'm not going to play it right now, but you can look it up. Um, but yeah, so anytime Aaron calls, oh, the first thing that I hear is, you're the best around, which I take to mean you know Aaron, but it's also a little bit of a pick-me-up for me too, right? So uh, it's a win-win. You're the best. <laughs> exactly Casey nothing's ever going to bring you down is it bring you down or hold you down bring you down bring you down I, I hope I'm right because I'm going to get a million emails if not Joe Esposito thank you Sidior in the chat um, it is Joe Esposito that's right I couldn't remember um, so you've won some internal stuff when you were working for a large multinational corporation. Anything else of note that you've won in the past? No, because like I never won any sports trophies or anything, because I sucked at sports. What um, did you play or participate? Nothing, in? nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing. When I was when I was much younger, uh, I did gymnastics. Oh yeah, yeah, and and uh, I I actually was quite good at that but stop doing it because um, a fr- the friend of mine that I used to go with, this is when I was maybe like five, six, maybe, a little, no, actually a little bit older than that, maybe like eight or nine or something like that. Um, it was like a young kid's gymnastics thing. And, and I was quite good at it. I was getting good at the beam and stuff um, and was starting to get entered for competitions in my local club. But a friend of mine wasn't as good as me, which is a terrible thing to say. It's the, literally the only sporting accolade I ever received, and it, I was probably atrocious because I was like nine years old. Um, <laughs> so, and then when he wasn't going to be going to the competitions, I didn't want to do it anymore, and then kind of gave up. Oh, that's nice of you. I just didn't want to go on my own. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. For, it wasn't <laughs> for him. It was for. It was purely for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would probably feel the same way if I'm honest with you. Because so. it was a thing that we did together, and if we weren't going to be doing it together anymore, it was kind of like, what's the point? So, so I am not, generally speaking, an award winner. I have won a couple of like very small internal awards at work um, over the last few years, but... You won my heart. Aw, you too, darling. Um, <laughs> but if only we had watches, we could send each other our hard parts, <laughs> and that would be totally awkward. Um, anyway, uh, I do remember vividly, though, in... 
sixth grade. I'm pretty darn sure that's right. I don't remember what grade it was, but I remember the the event very clearly. Um, we did this humongous multidisciplinary unit on um, medieval times, which I, I didn't even think about who I'm speaking with. So that should uh, make you extremely proud. Um, God save the queen. So anyway, so and there were there was like some big assembly at the end of the unit and. Um, all the sixth graders got together and we, we all like showed off different projects or something like that. Or I don't know, maybe there was a play or something and you could apply to be knighted at this ceremony. And it was a big honor. And basically that's like the one opportunity for all the nerdy kids to be, to feel special because you know, they aren't athletes and thus this is the only chance for them to feel special. And as a nerdy kid, you know how terrible this sounds, right? Like this is just, well, no, I'm, I'm talking about myself really. No, no, no. I mean, like in a in a nerdy way. It's like this is so bad. Yeah. Well, in any <laughs> case, uh, what ended up happening was I applied to be knighted, and I did indeed get knighted. I think oh. I even had to come up with a knight name, which damned if I remember what it was. But Sir Casey of Listingshire. <laughs> I thought I. Oh God, I thought I was the coolest kid in the world. I. I oh, and actually, I won like some fairly. And now I just remembered, I won some relatively prestigious. Uh, sixth grade award like the clarence shank outstanding sixth grader award i don't know why i remember that but what? um who is that person i, I have no idea but <laughs> i remember i remember that was the name of it um yeah so sixth grade apparently was where i peaked and it's all been downhill <laughs> from there i was knighted and won the clarence shank award after that it's kind of just a, a just a down total slope. disaster yeah just one disaster after another oh goodness wow those are some memories i haven't thought about in a long time that's yeah. delightful. All right, what else uh, other than me in sixth grade is awesome? Yeah, there's something There's something that I want to talk about. Um, I've got an interesting topic, but before we do that, let me thank our second sponsor for this week's episode, and that is our friends over at Wealthfront, the automated investment service that makes it easy to invest your money the right way. Wealthfront software manages your money using investment strategies that were previously only available to the wealthiest investors. And this is just for one quarter of the cost of using a traditional advisor. Wealthfront monitors your account 24-7, automatically rebalancing your portfolio, reinvesting dividends, and working to maximize your after-tax returns. Wealthfront is also overseen by a team of investment experts. These are the same people who launched the index fund revolution and have written some of the most important books on finance. In case you're still not convinced for some crazy reason, you should know you should know that Wealthfront manages over two billion dollars in client assets and has saved millions of dollars on taxes for its clients. So with Wealthfront watching over your investments every day, what will you do with all your extra time? Visit wealthfront.com slash analog to get your first ten thousand dollars managed for free. Wealthfront Inc. is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are offered through Wealthfront Brokerage Corporation, member FNIRA and SIPC. This is not a solicitation to buy or sell securities. Investing in securities involves risks, and there is the possibility of losing money. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Please visit Wealthfront.com to to read their full disclosure. Thank you, Wealthfront. And I thank you very much for allowing me to read that bit really quickly. So I have something that I want to talk about today, which which tails in from my the second half of my uh, European trip that I've been that I've taken, where I spent some time uh, in Romania with my girlfriend and her family and her friends. It's not the first time that I've done this, but there I, I maybe spent some different some kind of different exposure to people, which which I think has caused for me to want to talk about not speaking the language. Mm, mm-hmm. that's got to be challenging so I don't speak 
word of Romanian. I know like maybe three words, and like every time I go, I learn like one more word. Um, and are they are they all um, words of ill repute, if you will? No, it's like I know hello, thank you, and goodbye, basically. Oh, okay. So you know the basics. Yeah. Um, th- th- and that's kind of all I know, and and I want to learn, and I just haven't. I've been lazy about it. It's re- it's extremely difficult because, uh, like many uh, languages in the, in that part of Eastern Europe, there are sounds and like accents and stuff that are added to letters that are not present in English. <laughs> so, for example. There is a T with a little uh, squiggly line underneath, which has got a name that I can't quite remember. And when you see that T, you make it sound like like a pizza, like the Z in pizza. Mm -hmm. So, like for example, "thank you" in Romanian is is "mulțumesc." That's how you say it, and everybody laughs when I say it, even though I'm getting it correctly because it sounds so peculiar to hear me say it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do it anyway. Uh, but it's got this like T right in the middle, so you make that noise. It's like a, yeah. So there are things like that where it's like this is fundamentally different, and it makes it quite. I find it makes it really hard for me to learn because I can't just look at the word and make the noise. Like you, yeah, like with definitely. French, you can do an element of that, um, and and you can still do it to a point in Romanian, but you're way off. Like you you're you're more likely to get to be way off. Um, and have you heard of the app Duolingo? I've heard of it, but I've never used it. It's a very popular language training app, and they are working on a Romanian for English speakers course. And when they do, that's that's I kind of have my sights set on that as like a way to try and learn some stuff. Because ideally, I want to learn with an app, and I have I have found I've tried every app I can find in the app store, and I cannot find any. Like I want something that I can pick up and just do wherever. Um, and or get somebody to actually try and teach me, but I feel like that might be down the line. I want to try and learn some more of the basics first, and and I don't want to pay somebody to t- to teach me that part. Why not pick up Rosetta Stone? Uh, they, I don't think they have a Romanian. I think they do, but I could be wrong. I'm gonna try to figure that out while you keep talking. But... Um, I'm I'm sure I looked this up once. Um, Romanian. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. But but anyway, I I'm ideally I want to be able to do it on my iPhone, right? Which well, that's fair. That's fair. Which is, you know, a, th- a thing. Um, so, oh, they don't. They do not have Romanian. I am wrong. Yeah. So I, I think I looked that up actually. So I, every time that I've been there, I've had like a, situations where I have been uh, with Edina's mum and dad, and they don't speak. They speak as much English as I speak Romanian. Actually, her mum probably speaks more. Uh, than 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 me, so that's always an interesting thing. But in those scenarios, like her brother has been there in the past, um, and it, it's been a lot easier because she's been able to share the translating duties, or there's been somebody else for me to talk to when everybody is speaking in Romanian. Uh, mm-hmm. But this time, um, I we went to Adina's hometown, like where she grew up, and I. We basically spent a couple of days with just me, her, and her mum and her dad. So there was like massive amounts of time where I just do not know what's going on. So like we sit down for dinner, <laughs> like we sit down for dinner, and it's like I 
people are talking and I'm just kind of just sitting there and it's, I'm trying to like work out what's going on and I'm with a little bit of context I'm I'm able to pick out some certain words and understand and I do that thing that everybody seems to do in these scenarios but it's really weird when you do it when people laugh and you laugh but you don't know what's funny <laughs> everybody's right. laughing like ha, 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 and I don't know what the joke is but I'm laughing on like convincingly like I'm actually finding it funny which is that is that weird thing about how like if like comedy is funnier like stand-up is funnier if you watch it with an audience because you laugh together rather than if you watch it at home i don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever heard that yeah 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 so it's really weird for me and, and i think it's this is probably the, and i i think this is the same for a lot of english people and just in general english speakers to go somewhere and not just be like you can just you just know what i'm saying like yeah or like i'll just keep talking at you until you understand I think that that is a a thing that in general English speakers do because English is spoken so widely. So to be in those to be in that scenario, like I'd never been in this scenario until I met her, and this time it's been the most uh, the most interesting. So like there were the, the basically the trip was split in, split into three blocks. It was with a group of friends in the mountains where we went to see Dracula's castle and stuff like that. Then we went to Adina's hometown, and then we went back to Bucharest for a couple of days. Uh, for like, yeah, for like basically a day. And then there was basically more friends and her brother and uh, her sister-in-law. Uh, so that was like, it was kind of split into those three blocks, and it was different. There were like differing amounts of uh, language and understanding during that period of time. So, for example, like the her friends no English and like on both sides but then there are also like differing amounts of English that they know and one of the the things that I find toughest is when I'm there people feel like they have to speak English yeah 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 and and it's like I really appreciate that they do because I can get be involved in the conversation but it's like I find it like I'm asking them to do something which they don't necessarily want to do because it's harder for them to have the conversations they want to have because yeah they like lose because where people have differing like knowledge some people are completely fluent some people not so much so it's like it it, it gets quite difficult to try and have the conversations but obviously I appreciate it because I can be involved because but then sometimes like they'll slip into Romanian and everyone just starts talking in Romanian and I'm just sitting there like trying and I'm trying to stay engaged you know it's just this really weird thing like not understanding what's happening like people are oh, talking totally. and you just don't know what's going on and and i just think it's so weird for an english speaker to do that yeah and i, and I think you kind of glossed you said it but you kind of i, I don't think you made a big point of it and the, and the thing is when you're an english speaker you're used to everyone understanding you and so it's extremely weird to be in a situation where no one understands you. And the other thing which I thought was was very astute is what you were saying about being able to read. Um we've been we've been lucky enough to travel to the UK, to to France, um to Germany, to a bunch of different places, most of which use some form of a Latin-derived language. Even German, a lot of times you can piece together by looking at the components in the 30 500 character words, you can piece together what that word sentence is trying to say. However, we were in Greece a few years back, 
And those characters and those words are completely out of left field compared to what an English speaker is used to. And it is frightening for me to be in that scenario because I don't know what to do. I don't even know how to find a bathroom unless there's, you know, one of the little stick figures in in an arrow. And that is scary. And it's funny because I do love to travel. It's one of my, Aaron and I both, it's one of our favorite things to do in the world. And we love to go overseas and particularly love Europe. We've had wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experiences in Europe. But at the same time, it's when, when you go to somewhere that isn't a Latin derived language that uses, you know, different letters that, that you don't recognize, it's hard and it's scary. And it's funny because depending on the scenario, sometimes I feel like I'm pretty good at just making do with, um, with the best I can and, you know, approaching people in their native language, basically only saying, do you speak English? Um, and I feel like I did a pretty good job of that in France when we were there. And I felt like I did a pretty good job of that when we were in, um, Italy right before Greece, um, a a couple of years back. But when we were in Germany, uh, with the Armin's, I, oh my God, it was like watching, it was, I'm sure looking at me, was like watching a human blue screen of death. When, when somebody started talking to me, in um in in german and i would just be like uh, uh, huh (laughs) and it ended up that uh tiff especially did a really good job with it tiff and aaron both did a did a especially good job with it um and and if it weren't for the two of them i i don't know how we would have survived one of the other interesting uh, and awkward things is trying to have conversations via google translate (laughs) <laughs> so there would be some times where like Edina would leave the room right and mm-hmm. so then you're like I'm there with like her mum and it's like we can't communicate so you do one of two things you be both either sit there in silence which is awkward which it's, it's terrible for everyone because nobody wants to do that or you try and communicate in some way sometimes this can be us trying to say words that we think that we know or it would be like via Google Translate. And it's like that is the problem with Google Translate. While it works really well on the app, the Translate app is, is excellent. What it what what that kind of machine translation does is strips all of the emotion out completely. Mm-hmm. Like so you kind of end up with these very like just basic sentences which sometimes make literally no sense. And it's like I understand like that that app like it works in a pinch, but it's it's still like that translation stuff. It's still nowhere near good enough to have a conversation with somebody. Yeah, it, it, that reminds me. Although in a much less uh, traumatic scenario, is uh, one of us. I thought it was I discovered Word Lens um, right before we went to one of these trips, and I remember the Armin's and us used it ex- extensively in Germany. And what Word Lens does is, and I think it's been bought by. Google, if I'm not mistaken, it was bought by somebody. But anyway, yeah. Well, um, the Google Translate app has that functionality. I think that they did buy it. Okay, so so what it does is, say you're reading a menu, you use your phone and you turn in the the phone's um, camera turns on and you point the camera at the menu, and as you're moving the camera around, it is trying to not only live translate what you're looking at, but actually put it on top of the words in the image. So if you're scanning a menu. You know, for a split second, it'll say, you know, Gesundheit or whatever, (laughs) and then it'll change to, you know, steak salad with croutons or whatever. And it'll, and it'll literally replace the Gesundheit that's on the menu. It is amazing to watch. It's kind of magical. 
it's absolutely magical. And the wonderful thing about WordLens, and maybe Google Translate is the same way, is it doesn't require data to to do any of these translations. So if you're a cheapskate like me and either don't have any international data or have very little international data, then you don't need to spend $500, pounds, euros, whatever, um, translating all of these menus when you're just trying to figure out what the crap you want to eat for dinner. So I can't recommend it enough, but um, but it is it is weird. That's weird enough in and of itself. I can't imagine trying to have a verbal conversation through that sort of technology. It doesn't work very well. <laughs> but you survived. Yeah, I mean, like, because fundamentally, like, having having her there, like, to having Adina there to translate for me is incredible, and I feel really bad for her because she just basically spends the entire time talking. She's talking to me, having a conversation, and then she explains it to her mum and dad or to others, and then like vice versa as well. So it's like it's an incredible amount of work for her in that scenario, like because she has to try and keep everyone interested and or just informed of what's happening mm-hmm. um so you know every time i go there i feel worse about it and like i have to learn i have to learn but now I, the only thing i feel like i'm really lacking is the tools yeah yeah definitely i mean you have the enthusiasm and that's half that's more than half the problem it's just finding the way to do it i, I don't expect to ever be fluent like I only ever oh, of expect not. to be like basic conversational, but just so I can handle myself in certain situations. Like we'd go to shops or whatever, and they would ask me a question, I'd be like, and just look at her, like help yep. me. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, you know. And it's, I totally it, hear you. Yeah. So it's 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 tough. It's it's tough, but it makes me feel uh, it makes me feel bad for people that that are in situations where they don't have a person. That can oh them. yeah. Oh goodness. It's, it is scary. And I mean, it, we weren't in the same sort of situation that you were because you're trying to ca- carry on a conversation with people that you want to like you, not to say they don't, but you know, you want to do as best you can to impress your girlfriend's family. And so there's a lot more social pressure t- for you to perform, if you will, in that scenario. For us, we just wanted like a cup of coffee or something like that. So it's not the end of the earth. But um, the other thing that was kind of funny, particularly about Germany was we would go and oftentimes we would, you know, say Sprechensee English or however you say, do you speak English in German? And especially in the bigger cities, but almost anywhere, the immediate answer in almost flawless English was, yes, what would you like? And half the time we got into conversations with these English speaking Germans, they would be like falling all over themselves, apologizing for how terrible their English is. And they probably spoke better English than I do. But that's the, that is the exact idea that I was mentioning, right? You expect, oh, I'm in this situation, like they're not going to know English, but oh yeah, they do. And that, and yeah, that, exactly. And that was like, that's a different thing for me with some of the places that I'm going to, like in the big cities. So like in Bucharest, everybody knows English. But mm-hmm. like in some of the places that I went to on this trip, that wasn't the case. Like there was sometimes like I would be talking, me and Adina were talking and people would be like looking at me and like, what? Mm-hmm. Like we were in a, we were in a store and we were in an orange store. I was trying to get a SIM sorted out um, for my phone. And there was like a young, young boy. And he said, to, and Adina told me that he said to his mom, they're speaking English. <laughs> like it's such a foreign and crazy thing. Well, I I expect that maybe he had never heard somebody speak English in person before. Ah, interesting. Okay, okay. Um, at least, especially an English person with an English accent. Mm-hmm. We were going to some more remote places, basically than like than, than you would usually go. 
Um, sure. So it was just it was just really interesting to be like, I don't know. It made me feel quite vulnerable. Like when we were out and about, it's like I'm saying things and people know I'm different. And it was really weird. <laughs> it was really, really weird. Um, yeah, very, very strange. But it was it was an interesting, in some respects, eye-opening trip this time. Um, especially to see just some of the different conditions that people live in and like driving through the mountains and through villages and stuff. It's just such a such an interesting place and full of the people that live in vastly different ways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was my trip, and uh, I need to kind of just suck it up and and learn some more Romanian. I need to know one in three words, basically. Do you feel like it helps you understand Adina better, having seen where she grew up? And I think the pretty obvious answer to that question is yes. Sure. And assuming that's the case, is there anything you can specifically cite that, for whatever reason, made you understand her a little better? Like maybe her mom cooked you some sort of cheesy pasta out of a box and now you finally understand why she loves it so much well no the food is just so different like which is that that, you know i think that's the same in most places but it was nice to just kind of just get she showed me like around her town and i could kind of get a grasp of things a little bit more and, and the way that it was for her to grow up and how different it was um i think that she is well enough like she is western enough now Mm-hmm. that like it's perfectly fine but the, it was just it was I, I don't i i get what you're saying but i can't really think of anything specific it was just nice to see her lineage you know this is where i grew up this is where i went to school and like you could just see things as, that's just so different casey like mm-hmm. when she was growing up it was like in and then just out of communism and it's like just a different world yeah really i can't I can't imagine. I mean, I have been lucky enough to visit other countries, like I said, but I've never, ever, ever lived in in any other country. And I've never been in any other country for more than maybe a week, week and a half in one shot. And, you know, if when I was in, in England for a week or so, this was in 2010, it, I mean this not at all in a disparaging way, but it's, you know, it's a different kind of America. And I think if you were to come to America, you would say, oh, it's just a different kind of England. People are a little bit more obnoxious here, a little bit rounder here, but whatever. It's still kind of England. Yeah. Um, And I feel like France was a similar way. Germany, very much so, similar way. Greece felt less like that. It felt more different than what I was used to. And I suspect that Romania or one one of the countries in that area I especially you know coming in and in and out of communism like you had said I suspect just like you said that would be a very weird and odd thing for me to experience yeah. and so I could only imagine what it was like for you. Well, like Bucharest, um, there are parts of Bucharest that are beautiful. It looks like Paris, like and it used to be mm-hmm. called Little Paris um, <laughs> because a lot of like the the young people they studied in Paris and came back. And and they they used what they learned architecturally and and stylistically, and they built the city. Um, but then it all changed during communism, um, and it's basically left this place with massive uh, kind of stretches of wealth, uh, mm-hmm. and it's just a really really interesting place to see. Um, and it's interesting to meet people that have grown up in these places and see that, like, 
I, I, I'm trying to find a nice like a way to say this that is as respectful as I want it to be. Like, just because you come from somewhere that's not America or England, that you can't be like completely modern and have a really good job. Like, so many of Adina's friends are like developers and stuff, and it's and it's just like, uh, it's just really interesting. It's like you. I think that there is like a a prejudice that a lot of the Western world has, where it's like, if you're not from here, then you must be behind. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's definitely not that way. And and I'm so pleased that I've get I get to see this, because it, it, I think it's it's it can be, it's just really eye opening to be like, yeah, okay, it was it's a country that's so massively different to us, and there's so many different cultural things, and there's so many different things that have held the country back, but it doesn't hold the people back. Um, and and it's just I I love I love being there. I actually do really really enjoy every time that I go there because the people are great. Um, I love all of Adina's friends, and I like to think of them as my friends. Uh, and and it's it's just a really I I just genuinely enjoy it every time, um, and I enjoy the way it makes me feel because it makes me question things, and and that's I, th- I feel that's really valuable. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and and I I don't want to come across like um, pretentious, but if one of the best decisions I've ever made is traveling and traveling with Aaron and not to say it was unilaterally my, my call, but as much as I love, 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 love material things. And we should briefly talk about the Apple watch in a minute. Um, as much as I love material things, anytime I spend my money on an experience, I always feel like that's money better spent. I, you know, I surprised Aaron for her 30th birthday, um, not too terribly long ago. And I uh, took her to Disney World. And, you know, we spent a considerable amount of our money on that trip, not because we lived it up and did anything fancy, but because Disney World is very expensive. And I would have paid double that to have the the, the kind of experience that we had. And it was so worth it. And I'm so glad we did it. And anytime we go just about anywhere, it doesn't have to be overseas, you know, it can be domestically like Disney World, or it could be California or whatever. I mean, obviously, everyone's always on vacation in California. Um, so, so anytime we travel, I feel like that's money well spent. And even if it's just a couple hours away, like I did this morning to come up to the DC area, um, I feel like I always learned something and always gained something from it. And, and I'm so lucky and glad that I'm able to do that. And I'm, and I'm really glad that, that Adina has been able to take you to Romania a couple of times. And you guys have been able to do that not only together because I think it helps build your relationship, but because it's just such an enlightening, interesting thing to do. So I, I, I dig it. Uh, next, next time, uh, Aaron and I are coming along. <laughs> Get ready for a bit of a culture shock then. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> did you want to do oh, mention goodness. the Apple Watch? Yeah. Um, so we're like, uh, as we recall this, we're on the eve of pre-order. Right. Um, and so I wanted to at least briefly answer the question in case our listeners don't listen to Connected or ATP. Uh, briefly answer the question, what our intentions are with regard to pre-ordering the watch. So, Mike, what is your intention? Uh, I'll be pre-ordering tomorrow, hopefully, a sport. Um, maybe with a blue band. I, I, I kind of think I want the black band, but I don't think you can't pre-order the regular sport with the black band. So, wait, 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 wait. What? I think you can. Yeah, the in the sport range, it's the, the colors are limited, and I think you 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 can only get the black one if you get the black sport watch, which is not the watch that I want. 
Oh, interesting. Okay. You have to buy the black band separately. Mm -hmm. Okay. Would you do that at checkout time if they allow it? Uh yeah yeah I'll probably get the black the black band as well although actually do you know I won't I won't I want to go and try the bands because I don't want to spend too much money on bands if I end up wanting like a level loop or something instead so I'm gonna also book a try on and go and try out some of the bands before I purchase another band. Mm-hmm. What if you can only purchase the watch or book a try on? You'll purchase the watch for now and then. Oh, I'm I'm buying the watch. I'm getting the watch anyway. Like 100% ordering it. Even if I end up totally changing my mind on the try-on and cancelling my order, I want to have an order in. Sure. Um, because it looks like it's going to be really, really, like, restrained. And, you know, it's ye old justification. Like, I, I want to have it. <laughs> I, I want to have it. As soon, I want to have it on launch day, but I want to have it as soon as possible because I want our shows to be relevant and it kind of requires that we have the watch if we want to talk about the watch when the watch is out. So, um I want to make sure that I have one. And I want one. I, I do want one. Uh, what are you doing? Um, my intention is to book a try-on appointment whenever it is I wake up tomorrow morning. So as we spoke about in the beginning of the show, um, I'm doing this keynote thing uh, like 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. And it's probably in my best interest not to wake up at 3 o'clock to try to order a watch. Um, and so what I intend to do is whenever I wake up, I'll attempt to do a try-on at, at the Apple store down by me. And I'll make a decision after that. It's it's tough because nothing about the watch, other than potentially if Erin got one too, that would change my tune a little bit, but she's not particularly interested in it. Um, nothing about the watch is making me think I must have that and I must have it now. And I'm scared and Erin is scared that it's just going to be another thing to distract me from things that are important in life because I have terrible self-control. And so I'm trying to be the bigger person and not just insta buy it and see if it's something that I really think I will like and see if it's something I really think that I'll be able to keep control of. Um, but we'll see. And so my intention is I'll, I'll book a try on appointments. So at least I can play with it and, and see what it's about. And then we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, as I've said many times, use this as claim chowder for about a month or two months from now when I buy th- 13 different watches for the day, the night, for each day of the week. By the time they're hearing this, even. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. Uh, who knows? If I wake up naturally at three in the morning, I might do it just as a reward for waking up in the middle of the night uh, or punishment. I don't even know. But we'll see. I don't know. Well, good luck tomorrow morning. Um, I suspect that Apple servers will cry as they always do. So Apple best of luck app, to you. Man, that's where I'm going to be buying mine. That's the way, that's the, the that's way it works. smart way to do it. All right, then. So I think that's about it for today. I think so. Good luck with your talk. I, I look forward to hearing all about how it went next week. Excellent. Thank you. And uh, it's great to have you back. Um, I appreciate, and I know you appreciate Stephen Hackett filling in. Um, but it is always nice to have the band back together. So I appreciate it. You bet. If you want to catch uh, our show notes for this week's episode, you can find them in your app of choice. So go to relay.fm slash analog slash 35. Thanks again to our sponsors this week, lynda.com and Wealthfront. I am at iMike on Twitter, I-M-Y-K-E, and Casey is C-A-S-E-Y-L-I-S-S. And he also has caseyliss.com as well if you want to read what Casey is up to. But most of all, thank you for listening, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Casey Liss. I really wish I knew how to say that in Romanian, but I don't. So I'll just say, I'll see you later, Mike. (laughs) You should have practiced.